0: This is Kale Ward.
1: This is Jessica Atten.
0: Gird your gear and grab your grannies. It's time for Gone Global.
1: Excuse me. Bless you.
0: Grab your grannies. Gird your gear. It's time for Gone Global.
1: Uh, I understood like four of those words.
0: I'm trying to trying to uh, a hot new thing since you told me I'm not funny last week. <laughs> I love you yeah right Uh,
1: but
0: (laughs) you learn anything this week
1: i actually did i came across a uh so they make the bold claim that they're trying to collect all of human knowledge in an online archive it's called archive.org uh there's some good stuff on it there's not a lot to make this claim but i found it and it it's pretty cool you can find like whole magazines from like the 20s
0: how did you come across this
1: I was actually researching my topic, and I found your topic it. for this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, for mm-hmm. this, yeah, and I came across it. So that exists, and uh, check it out if you. They so they have lots of different categories. They have audio, so they have like radio plays and things. They have magazines, they have books, they have they have a lot of stuff on there. But I wouldn't say all of human knowledge. It's American, so of course they make this claim. But it's very interesting.
0: I mean, listen, Americans know everything.
1: Yes, as you you tell me constantly. Uh And then I take great pleasure in telling you, you're wrong. Again, I love you. Yeah, that's marriage.
0: (laughs) I'll be dipped if that ain't marriage. Yep.
1: How about you? You learned anything this week?
0: I made cookies this week.
1: Oh, they were so good. But I
0: did it without any sugar. Oh, really? I did. I used... Well, I guess it's not wholly true. I did... uh, It was maybe... I don't know, less than a quarter cup of sugar, but I mm-hmm. used uh, a half a cup of honey.
1: Ooh, they were real good, they though. They were perfect. They were delicious.
0: Cakey, soft.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, Beautiful. Thank you.
0: No, thank me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they were really good.
0: Mm. I made pancakes. Mm-hmm. I made up for it this morning by making pancakes and yeah. not making them very well.
1: Well, no, they were very good. Listen. They were. You don't to lie to me. They were. The pancakes were fine. You you said you didn't do your eggs properly. Yeah, my eggs
0: were terrible. Oh, uh, they were bad. That's a shame. Pancakes yeah.
1: were beautiful, though.
0: What do you do? I think you go first this Ooh,
1: week. Oh, it's me first this week. How exciting. So
0: the theme this week is comics.
1: Our favorite topic. Uh, so I am going to talk about The Eagle, which was a British comics magazine from 1950 to 1969. So the, now it's funny because doing my research for this, I found a lot of similarities with my own research topic. So I'm looking at comic magazines from the the 1960s from France, Belgium, um, Mm. and kind of around and how they transferred comic strips between each other. So Mm. this was actually very relevant, even though I didn't intend it to be.
0: Can I tell you what I think of? Just based on our various travels and and my experience with European comics,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, in our time, and I have a, a a small knowledge of the Eagle, but it's it's not it's not huge. Yeah. So when we were in one of the shops, what was the one the one that you were talking about last week where the guy pulled out the box?
1: Apum bapum or something like that. It had a funny name. <laughs> Wild.
0: Um, <laughs> I noticed that in their boxes of, of band dessiné. they have um, a genre of like aviation and aviator yeah that's uh, a
1: that's a big thing
0: yeah uh fighter pilots and uh like world war Two pilots yes or i guess just war war, war pilots mm-hmm. um anyway that's what i'm associating that's what i'm thinking of right now how right am i
1: about the eagle yeah well, yes and no. There so the main character that you'll probably know is Danda and he's a oh, space pilot. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So he works for uh I think it's called Space Force or something. No, that's the Trump thing. Wait. <laughs> something like Space Fleet or something. It's a it's basically Starfleet. Okay. And okay. they they kind of patrol um the galaxy um but the Eagle was conceived as a kind of answer to American comics so the creator was a reverend his name was Marcus Morris and he was kind of he was from Southport which is by Liverpool um, and he was kind of thinking that Christianity wasn't really getting its message across properly to the youth
0: jeez I wonder why
1: well I mean this is you know 1950s and uh, people who've just been through two world wars yeah um so he he wanted to to kind of have something that was a bit more moral than the u s imports that were coming in through American soldiers being based right. in the u k right so he was super impressed by the quality of them, but he found that the content was super violent and you know portrayed foreigners really badly mm. and things like that, so he wanted to make something new. That had a moral message, but I quote from Wikipedia here, that it wasn't supposed to be overtly religious, but it was to have a distinct moral tone. Hmm. Um, They also aimed to show at least one child of a different ethnic background within a group of children. And they also wanted to stop um, kind of demonizing foreigners.
0: Oh, interesting. So,
1: you know, like a lot of like the Captain America comics will show Germans and Japanese as you know various horrible caricatures so they really wanted to stop this there's a lot of debate on how successful this actually was because the the enemies or what are they called the the alien enemies kind of look a little bit asian some people say okay so so but anyway the idea was that it should be quite moral and it should be it should be a better education to young children. And it was primarily aimed at boys. Um, there did become a sister, a sister magazine um, that was just called Girl. But, but eventually, they were all sort of merged into each other.
0: Wait, the sister magazine to the e- to the Eagle yes. was called Girl. Yes. Huh.
1: Yes. <laughs> they weren't very much. It's not
0: like a a feminine bird. They could have.
1: Well, I don't know. What would you call a feminine bird? I don't know. That's
0: what I was trying to like. You have the eagle, right? You wouldn't want to go. Sparrow. Like, yeah, you wouldn't want to go like the flamingo. That's pretty, pretty that's, funny.
1: Though. But that's I mean, too far. People probably wouldn't know what a flamingo was in nineteen. I mean, I could be wildly wrong there, but they might not have known what it was.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that.
1: Imagine selling to call a flamingo as well. Pretty funny,
0: but. The sparrow would be good though. The spa- or, I like this sparrow. Or Robin.
1: Robin. Actually, actually, there was something called Robin that was a girls' magazine. That was a bit later than Girl. Interesting, I believe. Um, but anyway, it it started off and it was super successful, selling five hundred thousand copies for its first copy.
0: Of the eagle. Of the eagle. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um. It it enjoyed success for quite a while. Um, It was printed in Liverpool through the 1950s. Everything's
0: printed in Liverpool.
1: I didn't even know there was a printer. So that's (laughs) something I... An extra thing I learned, which is pretty cool.
0: Didn't we... Didn't you talk about something else that was printed in Liverpool?
1: It was this. I'd gone to an archive and I'd seen copies of The Eagle. And I looked at it and it was printed in Liverpool. Oh, okay. So then... So then while I was researching this, I was like, I oh. looked at the print information and it was, it was through right then, right through the 1950s, I think.
0: Was this, uh, I think you went to that thing in London where yes. they had the 2001 Diner comics or whatever. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. yes,
1: exactly. Um, but they had quite a bit of financial trouble through their time and by 1961, uh, the the magazine was bought by a different publisher, they revamped all the style and changed it, and mm. readership completely dropped. Mm. So, in 1961, they were down to about 150,000 copies mm. per week. for the. It was a weekly magazine, I forgot to say that. Um, and they had to resort to put in black and white reprints of US comics huh. to just try and keep that number, but it just kept going down. But it was a huge inspiration for The whole British comics industry Mm. Um, And a lot of magazines Kind of took that model And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it it set up Their own British style Um, And like I say There were several magazines that came from it And then merged So by 1969 um, Eagle was itself Finally merged into its rival Which was called Lion
0: Yes, I vaguely recall this from our studies
1: Yes um, but this is this is a very vague overview, because what interested me was the adaptations and the translations, which is obviously what I work on in my current studies. So The Eagle was the first English translation of Tintin, and that was in 1951. Oh, wow. So that was when that first appeared. And then the opposite way around, um, some of Eagle's original stories like Jeff Arnold, Fraser the African... And one about Winston Churchill that I don't remember the name of SARS Winston. Um, but they were published in Pilot, which was the Asterix magazine. So they kind of and oh, that, yeah, was, yeah, okay. that was that was nineteen sixty one. So they had a, a kind of cross transfer. Yeah. And I haven't even looked at UK comics yet for my PhD, but now I kinda of think I want to, because that's really interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, and part of your topic is is how the the europe european comics sort of fended off the the american
1: exactly comics exactly. And so, so
0: like that trade of properties was yes. certainly
1: uh and i mean even you look at the origins of the eagle and the orange of um tin like mm-hmm. it was a fr- it was from a christian perspective of trying to have stories with more moral implications in them to try and fend off the so-called immoral American imports. Mm. So their, their origins are very, very similar.
0: I didn't know that about Tintin.
1: Yeah, super Catholic.
0: Huh.
1: So one of one of the things... I
0: probably did know it was super Catholic, but I guess I didn't yeah. make that connection.
1: I mean, like, yeah, it's because Le, Le Petit Vingtième, which he first appeared in in 1929, was a Catholic magazine.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, we might have to do a tintin. Episode. Yeah, we well, we that.
1: probably will at some point. I will probably be my next comics one. I think. Mm, okay. Um, but kind of lost my thread now. Uh, yeah. So, so kind of translations across the countries and everything. There was also a danda radio play on Radio Luxembourg, nineteen fifty one to fifty six. Oh. And apparently, it was like seven times a week or something.
0: There were new episodes seven times a week?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. For five years. We do this once a week. Yeah, I know. Exhausted. Yeah. I, do.
1: I might be remembering that wrong, but on Radio Luxembourg, which, incidentally, was one of the support first supporters of Pilate and funded them to get started. Mm. Very cool. It's all connected.
0: It's all connected.
1: Um, But... So Danda was the, the primary character. I'm sure you know of him. Yes. Um, there have been multiple adaptations, TV, like I said, radio. He's also one of these characters, like the Beano characters, that sort of pops up in popular culture references. Like David Bowie and Elton John had songs about Danda. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I think the Elton John one is literally called Danda. Something. Um, I'm a surprised it's not
0: Rocket Man. Yeah. But I think it was on the
1: Rocket Man album, which would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, so yeah, Eagle ceased publication in 1969 when it merged with Lion. But Dan Dare himself reappeared in 2000 AD from 1977 to 79. And the character was so popular again that this brought about an Eagle relaunch. Eighty-two to ninety-four. It wasn't as successful as they'd hoped because there was lots of other stuff on the market by then. Yeah, and like Danda was the main selling point, really. Hmm. Um, but there have been several subsequent Danda stories. Uh, Grant Morrison did a run on one, and it was oh, super. Uh, of course, it was super dark, and it's Dan in you know the the space fleet has been. um yeah. Privatized and blah blah blah, very 80s Morrison stuff. Sure, I do um, that. yeah there there have been quite a few recently, but he's people remember the Eagle for Danda primarily, but it was it was kind of the start of how comics magazines and how they get distributed and things like that. Mm. But I do have an example that's sort of apart from the Eagle that I wanted to show you. So do you remember last time we talked about comics, I told you the story about the gasworks, yes. and the bomb that hit it. So this is from another boys' comics magazine about the same time. So this is from The Hornet, which was 1963 to
0: 76. Now does The Hornet have a girls' magazine counterpart <laughs> called The Wasp?
1: I wish. That would be great. Um, no, Uh, not that I know of anyway. It probably did have a girl's counterpart. Um, and this was published by DC Thompson, Mm. which was based in Dundee. Uh, So kind of links to our, our studies and life trajectory. And I found the story of this Gasworks bombing that was published in the Hornet. So I'll give you a minute to read it. And this was published the... What date does that say?
0: Uh, June twenty eighth, nineteen sixty nine. Six sec. Six steps to safety. On twenty eighth November, nineteen forty, during the Second World War, German bombers raided Liverpool docks. One of the bombers scored a direct hit with a parachute mine on Goston Gasworks.
1: It's quite long.
0: Yeah, it is. But I really enjoyed that. <laughs> well, that was really well, nice. A lot of words to it. I may need to get out quick. I tell you, it all comes back to Liverpool. It does. It all comes it back does. to Liverpool. That's the one thing I've learned, probably, both doing this podcast and in our marriage.
1: Yeah.
0: That it all comes back to Liverpool. It
1: always does. But don't forget, I do have a bias that if I see something, I'm like, oh my God, and Liverpool was involved listen, in it too. Listen. So I just wanted to show you that because that was super cool. And I'd also... I imagine he'll probably never listen to this, but I'd also like to thank um, a, a good friend from my church, John Davis, uh, in Liverpool, who provided me with this comic quite a few years ago. He might. He, he might. So thank you, John, for that. I really appreciate it. And we
0: have several listeners in Liverpool.
1: We do. Thanks, Mum. Okay, so that is The Eagle. What are you going to talk about?
0: So I would like to talk about Usagi Yojimbo. yes It's one of my... Got to be one of my favorite, like, independent adult comics. Yes. And I don't mean, like, adult in, like, triple X porno variety, but, like, adult in, like, you can mature. Can't say that
1: on this podcast. I'm on the lesson.
0: I can't say porno. No. <laughs> they know what I mean. Um, so Usagi Ojimbo is uh, written and illustrated by Stan Sakai and is currently published by Dark Horse um, and has been it's had several different publishers um, through the years, but it's um, currently sort of bound and, and collected by Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. There are, I think, eight omnibu- omnibu- omnibuses, big, big collections.
1: Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. Well, I'd love to get some someday. I
0: would love them. So Usagi Ojimbo uh, literally translate, translates to rabbit bodyguard. Usagi being rabbit and Yojimbo being bodyguard Mm -hmm. Um, it's a story set in the Edo period of Japanese history and it features anthropomorphic animals replacing humans the main character is a rabbit ronin Miyamoto Usagi whom Sakai based partially on the famous swordsman Miyamoto Musashi Usagi wanders the land on a warrior's pilgrimage occasionally selling his services as a bodyguard Um, and that's the thing,
1: I, I I have a just a quick question. Uh-huh, Sorry. Uh-huh. Um. So was it Japanese in origin, or was it American in origin? So
0: Stansa Kai himself is Japanese, and I okay. believe he was born in Japan. Okay. But he lives in America.
1: Ah, oh, okay. And
0: it was published originally here.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So that's that's why I'm getting away with it.
1: <laughs> I mean, baby, do what you like. That's right, I'm interested to hear it.
0: Um. There was a cool, uh, a cool story about how it was made. Oh okay here, here, here it is. Um, Sakai originally planned for Usagi and the other characters to be human in stories as explicitly modeled after the life of Miyamoto Musashi. However, once as Sakai was idly doodling he drew rabbit ears tied in a top knot, on his proposed hero and was pleased by the distinctive image. Oh,
1: that's cool.
0: And that's how it was made. Everybody
1: likes bunnies.
0: Yeah. You know what? Yeah. (laughs) Bugs? Easter?
1: No, not everybody likes bugs. People freak out. Bugs bunny? Oh, bugs bunny. I thought you meant, you know, insects. Bugs.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I was naming famous rabbits. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Continue, please
0: worst. (laughs) So, Usagi first appeared in the anthology Albedo Anthropomorphics in 1984, and later in Fantagraphics books, the Anthropomorphic anthology Critters, before getting his own series in 1987. Wow, that late. Yes. Um, The first publisher was Fantagraphics. It had... It it was basically volume one, and it had 38 regular issues and three color specials. So traditionally, um, the books are black and white. Mm -hmm. And I mostly don't like black and white Mm. comics. I'm very uh, bad about reading old comics, Mm -hmm. specifically because I I often have trouble.
1: What about manga? Is that okay?
0: Um, I've read a lot less as I've gotten older, but yes. Okay. I prefer. I, I think ultimately I would prefer it have color. Mm-hmm. I think I think mostly other than Usagi Ojimbo, I will typically go for something with color. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to break myself of yeah. that. Like it's a dumb habit. Because you're
1: missing out. Yeah,
0: yeah. So a lot of Usagi's uh, references come from a lot of like Japanese film and and Japanese manga and such. Um, for example, Usagi's former lord. Mifune is a lion. I think he's a lion. Um, is a nod to Toshiro Mifune, who's an actor that starred in several classic samurai films. Gen, mm-hmm. it could be Gen, Gen or Gen is a rhino bounty hunter. Is inspired by the same actor, but by his characters.
1: Okay, so cool.
0: Gen is a uh, kind of this. He's he's a character that's very similar to. Usagi in that he's a wandering Ronin but unlike Usagi he's very a uh, very money focused okay so often their adventures are kind of thwarting each other for the the restaurant bill mm. and who's gonna pay it there is a story arc called Lo- Lone Goat and Kid which features an assassin who wanders with his son in a in a cart. And it's based on the directly based on the film and manga series Lone Wolf and Cup. Yeah, I love that. So in in this particular book, and, and one of the reasons I brought it up was because there there's a set of pages here that just when I read them for the first time, uh, I was just blown away by the the craft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for for listeners' context then I, I highly recommend if you if you are able to get uh, book five of Usagi Ojibo, Lone Lone Goat and Kid. There's a story in it about Usagi looking for uh, a set of swords for for a woman whose husband had passed, and this samurai was having an affair with with another woman that he loved, and it was clear to Usagi that these swords needed to be with the woman he loved. For whatever reason, turns out she's conspiring with her brother, and when Usagi confronts them, he he basically asserts his authority as you know a, a body a bodyguard, uh, you know private detective sort of um, uh, person, and he, he says, "You know, I could just take them if I wanted to, right?" And they they surrender. they're it's all good, mm-hmm. and then. Usagi comes back to their house at some point for a reason I, I don't quite remember but he finds he finds the, the woman, the samurai's mistress, dead mm-hmm. and uh, he's kind of investigating the scene and he hears someone coming and it's her brother mm-hmm. and he's, uh, he's out drunk and he comes back and he takes a second and he's like uh, he's like well guess I gotta clean this up Clearly he killed her. And so Usagi hears all this and he's hiding in the shadows and, and the brother doesn't see her. And uh, take a look through this monologue here. Um, he, you know, he, he's got his monologue. And then at the end of the page, after you've read, you know, his paragraphs of text, you can see Usagi kind of step back into the, into the light from the shadows. And Usagi uh, reveals himself to the killer and yeah, that's pretty woof, good. Just the the shadows on Usagi and the way, just the way it all plays out is
1: yeah, is
0: tremendous. It's craft, really nice, yeah. Um, and through this whole book, this particular book, there's a, a running narrative about a kite festival, mm-hmm. which is um, I, I I'm not sure if it still is or was, um, uh, but uh, this kite festival was a big deal in in Japan and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sakai put a lot of work and a lot of research to get several very small details just right. Mm-hmm. Um, he like he shows a, a a kite craftsman building a kite and taking the time and like he kind of tells how it does like a step by step guide of how to build like a really good yeah. kite. It's so cool. good. And just the the drama in this um, in this series is tremendous
1: Mm, yeah i i really like the little i've read of usagi i think it's great
0: yeah um there is uh so like i said with the film references it's uh there's a big big storyline called the dragon bellow conspiracy which is um reminiscent of the akira kurosawa film the seven samurai and the hidden fortress and it's so good (laughs) i just what are you doing listening to this? Go pick up Usagi Ojimbo. <laughs> now, I'm not a thousand percent sure,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but my first experience with Usagi may have been the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: That sounds like you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. I'm sure there's documents of it somewhere on the internet. I couldn't find them. I don't know how this Uh, meeting happen but Usagi Ojimbo and the Ninja Turtles cross over frequently Mm. it may just be because they're both successful anthropomorphic animals yeah. yeah. and they were just like oh you two should meet up
1: yeah probably um Um, who originally published the turtles?
0: oh geez Um,
1: sorry if you don't know it doesn't matter
0: no I'm gonna look it up because Marco's gonna call us out (laughs)
1: Hey, Marco. You gotta keep us on our toes.
0: I think it was Mirage, Mirage Mm -hmm. uh, Studios. Okay. Okay. Well, that does make sense because at some point down the line, Usagi was also produced by.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I wondered because that would make sense then.
0: Okay. Well. Yeah. Interesting. I just didn't look hard enough then. So they they have a long history of of sort of going back and forth. Usagi appeared in episodes thirty two and thirty four of the third season in the nineteen eighty seven Ninja Turtles cartoon. Okay, he was in episodes twenty three and twenty six through sorry twenty three through twenty six in the second season of the two thousand three Turtles cartoon. Mm-hmm. And in this, he showed up with Jen. Uh, for an interdimensional tournament
1: against, oh. the, tur-
0: against the Turtles. Oh. Probably one of those uh, fighting tournaments that you see uh, in like Dragon Ball Z or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in season three, uh, Usagi and Jen also show up for a Christmas party.
1: Oh, that's nice. Which I think
0: nice. is nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... They also attend April O'Neil and Casey Jones' wedding in Season 7.
1: Oh, th- this is still original
0: AC7 is No, this is the 2003. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three. Okay. 2003. Now, in 2016, an appearance of Usagi was announced uh, for the new season of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is the uh, the CGI series. Mm-hmm. Not the recent one or the, the, the most recent series of the Ninja Turtles, but the one before. He's in the fifth season, uh, which is titled uh, Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the ones we watched.
1: Oh, okay. This was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this was really good. Yeah. Like, this was gripping
0: <laughs> the, the first episode was written by Stan Sakai. Um, they were in it for three episodes. Yojimbo, which is mm-hmm. the one by Stan Sakai. Um, Ozoroshi no Tabe, and Kagayaki Kentaro um, are the set sets of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the turtles are hurled into Usagi's dimension, and they team up to save a child that Usagi protects from ancient evil. He becomes their greatest interdimensional ally, and he is especially closest to Leonardo.
1: Yeah, I, I really loved that. I, I thought it, was it was very good. It was yeah. really good.
0: Now, now, I know I did this to you last time, but there is... One more thing. Okay. So through various points in time after 1987, the I guess the response to Usagi was, was so good that they, uh, they wanted to make an animated series. Mm-hmm. But it was the 90s, mm-hmm. so a series set in the Edo period of Japan probably wasn't going to fly too hard. Mm-hmm. But Stan had also been working on something called Space Usagi.
1: Oh, oh boy. Which
0: is... a a series very similar to Usagi Ojimbo but set in space
1: oh Um, oh boy and
0: his uh so he says um, in the latter being Usagi I'm bound by history and the culture of feudal Japan in space Usagi there are no such boundaries oh sure it still revolves around the samurai but to a much lesser degree history and culture become a more become more a playground than a constraint traditional culture icons become castles in the sky and high tech ninja with heat seeking shuriken
1: huh okay and this this series was a comic also
0: so it was a a very short thing i think i want to say there are 3 issues
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they i i think they are collected but it it seems like they're kind of hard to find okay and he does want to make more Mm -hmm. but it's not anything he's like gung-ho about doing, so to speak
1: well yeah i mean like usagi ojimbo is so successful yeah that he can do that for a long time
0: oh yeah and there there are tons of tales but there is three minutes of an usagi pilot that i would like you to watch
1: Mm, okay
0: and it's uh a lot of fun
1: shame it never got made (laughs) it looks like a lot of fun um it's very 90s cartoons like x-men and spider-man and those type of ones yeah yeah yeah, exactly there
0: was there was so much imagery in that from like the turtles that Mm -hmm. you know i you could definitely tell they were roughly made by the same people
1: yes definitely but no it was cool
0: yeah, and that's about all there is to say about Space Usagi. It's just like, that's, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I love Usagi Ojimbo. I think I think the thing that I love the most about it is the way Sakai can make something quiet. Mm. And and I think you know he he's j- just he masterfully lays out his his panels and and fills them with lush environment mm-hmm. and, and sounds and it feels lived in but you just feel there are moments when you just feel at peace yeah even through all the the drama the, yeah <laughs> the shenanigans <laughs>
1: well and, and one thing i wonder about that is kind of the you know his japanese background and the japanese setting because you know um understanding comics by scott mcleod mm-hmm. he kind of marks on the difference. Between Western and Japanese manga, mm. um, about the moments of silence, mm. and how Japanese comics take a lot more time to put you in the setting. So, you can have in a manga, you can start with, you know, five or so pages mm. of nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just getting you into that world, whereas Western ones in general, Tend to give you one panel setting, and then you're in the action. Mm. And he kind of marks on the the, the transitions there are a lot more. Um, what's the word? More thoughtful, and you have to sure. take your time to actually yeah. get to the action. You read, or rather, you look at the images of the setting. Mm. So I think that probably plays into it quite a yeah, lot. Yeah, and
0: and that that coupled with uh, his influences. His film influences, mm, I think, mm-hmm. are are uh, a no brainer. Yes, definitely. So, but
1: yeah, I really like it too.
0: It's so good.
1: Thank you for talking about it. It was nice.
0: You're welcome. Thanks, thanks me.
1: <laughs> thank um, you for cookies. Thank you for comics. Our marriage summed up.
0: <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Let's spin the wheel. All
1: right. Spinny, spinny, spinny. Spinny, spinny. Ooh, food again. Might be running out soon. In. Listeners, please write in. Give us some more wheel choices we because we are we
0: haven't come across weird yet. No, I think that's the only one though.
1: Yeah, we haven't done a weird yet.
0: Yeah, food. Doing a food.
1: Doing a food. My life.
0: All right. All right. I love food. All right. Stop this perverse talk and tell the people where you can find us
1: you can find me on twitter and instagram at jan 91 j i a n 91 you can find gone global pod on twitter with that name gone global pod (laughs) you can find us uh okay help
0: we're on soundcloud spotify apple itunes all of those places you can rate and review and please do um that helps the show move up in the i don't know standings mm-hmm. and gets more eyes on 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 the show um you can find me at toto Into, that's t-o-t-o-i-n-t-o-w um and you can find my work at kaleward.com, that's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com, where you can also hear my other podcast that I do with my good friends, The Comics Pals. In the most recent episode, we talked about, oh, 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 Doomsday Clock and Heroes in Crisis, and why one of those is bad.
1: Mm. Tune in to find out more.
0: And if you're a fan of comics, you probably already know. Anyway, uh, write into the show uh, on Twitter, please, at gone global Pod, like we already said, but you can also write in uh, to tell us about your favorite comics, as well as give us uh, wheel suggestions or anything else you would like us to tell people about um, at GoneGlobalPod at gmail.com. That's all for now.
1: All right. Should we go eat pizza? Okay. Pizza!
0: There's just one thing I want you to remember, though. Oh no. Lady, I dread this moment. The lady loves dairy tray.
1: No, no, dairy tray! Yeah, that's what it's called! It's not, it's the lady loves dairy milk. No, it's not. It is! It isn't. Lady loves milk tray. Dang it! Uh, almost. I've Both pra- of us couldn't. couldn't been practicing forget. that all week. <laughs> all right, let's go.
0: Bye.